WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the WrestleBug Podcast, episode 474, Impact Wrestling. This, this thing behind me, and terrible graphics from my cameras, my hands keep disappearing. Ah. <laughs> it's like something in the toilet. <laughs> um, yeah, you know me, I'm Aaron X. Now joining me, of course, over here, here, <laughs> stupid mirror no, camera. Other, other, other way, I think. It's, it's one or the other. I don't want to be Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy Miller does that on Slidebox. Um, yeah, joining me is uh, my beautiful co-host. Look at his beard. Is he better than mine? I'm actually quite depressed. Oh. Like, Jesus. Like, my, yours has got more colour in it as well, mate. Like, welcome to the beard hour at WrestleBlog. Like, we're just going to talk about alcohol, war machine, on for the next hour. Um, he's the Duke of Diabetes. He is the Maple Leaf Magician. The Oscar-worthy Ontarian. He's got... Twice, I'd say thrice the mic skills of Kenny oh. at this point, actually, and just a third of the insulin. And who needs that? That's overrated, anyway. The Duke of Diabetes himself, Carl Wilkinson. Welcome back to the pod, sir. I mean, I wish I could say it was overrated, but it keeps me alive, so I do have to appreciate it yeah. to some extent, you know? That's very true. That's very true. There are a lot of things that I uh, have a contentious issue with when it comes to COVID 19, but one of those is not messing around with people's medication. Like I've said last time, check your balls. Um, and ultimately look after yourself. Bow for glory, sir. Um, you've watched it now, haven't you? So now we can talk about it. I have. It's, <laughs> this is one of the first Impact pay-per-views I've actually watched since I was at Rebellion in 2019, I think it was. Wow. Um, I did watch Slammiversary this year. I think that was the last one I watched, which was, if I'm not mistaken, the last major pay-per-view. But it's refreshing for us to talk about Impact Wrestling, so we'll just dive straight into it. Uh, did you catch the pre-show, Barney Chance? The Deaners going over our boys, the Rascals. I don't think I did. Like, I, I don't even watch WWE pre-shows, so an Impact pre-show, I'd be like, I don't really care about that either. I love the Rascals, but I don't love them. I mean, I love them enough to watch a pre-show, but I just didn't. It was 3 minutes 42. Really oh, fuck off, man. Yeah, like, do better. When we're talking about the Rascals, like, I expect better than, you know, 3 minutes 42. Sorry, for some ungodly reason, Daddy Long has just tried to attack me. Um, <laughs> mind. Uh, yeah, opening the show proper, classic Impact Wrestling. It doesn't matter if you've watched it for, you know, well, every month for the last 10 years, or if you're only just tuning back in, maybe, or you're a bit more of a cash fan like we are. The X Division opens the show. Rohit Raju, the unlikely X Division champion, defends against every single person he stitched. Uh, Chris Bajor, <laughs> Grace, TJP, Trey Miguel, the Rascals, and Willie Matt should point out as well. Josh Matthews and the returning Don Callis on comms. Oh, 
Oh, uh, I've I've got a I've got a lot of respect for Don Callis. Like every time we go, uh, I go to a Destiny show. It's done at it's not owned by Santino Morelli anymore, but it was his wrestling school, Battle Arts. Hmm. And it's called the Don uh, Koloff Arena. But every time Don Callis is there, we all just chant Don Callis Arena, and we do it for about ten minutes. And right. he just stands there, basking in like the sh- little shit eating heel that he is, just in real yeah. life. Yeah, I was going to say he enjoys it. Uh, he was fantastic on cons. Like, oh, he I, always is. Yeah, I don't want to like shit on Impact because I like Impact, but I do think that Josh Matthews is one of the weaker play-by-play guys in all of commentary. Like, you know, that's me being nice. I just don't like his style. I, I remember somebody saying on a podcast that I listened to that Josh Matthews is essentially a an announce. He's a human being cosplaying as a wrestling announcer. So, yeah, and that's kind of like the worst thing you could probably say about him. I do like the um, the back and forth between him and Madison Rain, of course, who does it. I think she does the regular color commentary for Impact's regular weekly show. But on paper, yeah, yeah. obviously, they bring in Callison and the Madison Rain was brought in for the women's match, which is not a bad thing. I actually think Madison Rain really fucking good at this job, um, which is great. But she's still got a lot of credibility as a wrestler. But yeah, uh, X Division Championship. Uh, <laughs> Well, our predictions were both Jordan Grace and uh, Rohit Raju comes out on top. The uh, the B-Tech, uh, or should we say GMBQ version of Jinder Mahal retains <laughs> the X Division Championship in what has to be, as always, the X Division, probably one of the best matches. I love this match. Yeah, the, the X Division's always been the reason to watch Impact. Even when it was still TNA, the X Division was where most of you know wrestling stars today got the shirt aj styles uh samoa joe let's not forget samoa joe was an, of at least a two or three time x division champion you know going into that triple threat with him daniels and styles i mean one of the best triple threats ever yeah, came from the x division unbreakable 2005 and then they had a repeat as well didn't they um i think they've had they've actually had quite a few uh, very yeah. little known fact about that triple threat they actually had that triple threat at one pw in the united kingdom at an independent show once and it's oh, really? one of the all-time great brit rest uh pay-per-view kind of slash you know shows um it's regarded as one of the all-time great brit rest matches but it's totally forgotten I mean, you know if you can get your hands on it. i imagine someone at one pw's old uh collective has got it on dvd but yeah no, uh, amazing triple threat. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but like, like I was saying, you know, ev- I mean, even the Ultimate X match, it's definitely, it's always interesting. It might not be the best premise. Like, it's kind of weird sometimes, but it's still fun to watch. Yeah. But you can always count on anyone in the X Division to have incredible matches. And it's not just based around the smaller guys anymore, which I think is really cool. Like, it's not shunted like it originally was, kind of like a cruiserweight division. Because, I mean, come on, Willie Mack is not a small man. He is a fantastic and lovable man, but he, he he ain't no small dude. Like he can make like TJP and fucking Rahit Ranju just fucking they'll they'll sell for him like mad, and they did. Mm. Still surprised Jordan Grace didn't win though, because he actually got a visual pinfall victory over the champ and had it overturned last week. But well, maybe I mean seeing her wrestling man is also really cool. Like she's a big girl herself, beautiful woman, and just destroying the man. It's a, it's fun to watch. Yeah, Jordan Grace is one of the all time great. Like she'll go down as one of the all time great powerhouses of women's wrestling. 
uh, and just wrestling in general. She's an incredible specimen of a human being. Like, you know, and because of her size, people kind of turn their nose up a little bit at her. And then if you like, if you've ever seen her training, she does like these crazy forward flip handsprings and things, and you just think, holy shit, like a legitimate world class athlete. I always watch Woody Mac matches. I think he's the most underrated wrestler in the world. I really do believe that. This is my opportunity to talk about how much I love him. He is so special. He's got, you know, just buckets of charisma. He's got a great look. And he looks so different as well. He's not a body guy, chocolate thunder. You know, he's he's just so powerful and so agile. Everything he does, like, you know, even like Don Callis. I love how Don Callis, but you can tell that he's not obviously... Um, you know, consuming the shows as much as he probably was, you know, where he's going back and forth and probably got his, you know, his finger in many, many a pie. And even he's like popping his tits off when um, he hits like an outside crescent kick. He's like, oh, that's just unfair. Like, it is unfair. Like, <laughs> Willie Mack is so good. Everyone did so well in this. Like, you would have thought, oh, Rohit Raju is a bit of a joke, but actually really like comical in-ring worker, really vocal, really funny, very like aggressive, constantly talking, conveying a story which you've got to do because they've opted for absolutely no fans there's no kind of thunderdome experience there's no kind of you know oh you can watch it on the screen and we'll show you in the background they are very much exposed it is literally just the wrestlers and the commentary team out there with a few cameramen it's probably the safest way you can do it under COVID-19 restrictions to be fair so and they don't get much credit for that and should but this is your classic X Division opener TJP at one point had like four people in a submission, which I thought was just amazing. Like Captain Octopus had his best. Like, yeah, Jonathan Gresham would not go amiss in this company, I think. I know he's a sign to Ring of Honor, but I'd love to see him wrestle with TJP. Um, but yeah, I loved everyone's uh, introduction in this match. I think Chris Bay as well, really underappreciated. That's a guy who toiled and worked so hard on the Indies. Actually, follows us at the wrestling club, which I appreciate. So, hi, Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, good friends with Smiley, actually. I think he's uh, actually was on our podcast, which is pretty sick. But yeah, I, do you know what? The only thing I've hated about X Division matches isn't the fact that you know, they're shit in any way. It's actually that they put so much talent out there in these big scramble matches that the rest of the card feels like it struggles to keep up with the pace of the X Division. Um, this card was, you know, mix and match. There wasn't anything that I thought was truly, truly awful. But at the same time, after you've seen six people of this quality do what they do, it's quite cool. Um, but it was nice as well that they didn't just opt for the easy kind of title switch as well. They were, you know, because it's bound for glory, you would excuse them for making new champions, which, to be fair, they did everywhere else. So they opted to keep the belt on Rohit Raju. So, ironically enough, he kind of legitimizes himself by retaining against all of these different competitors. And there's Trey Miguel out there again as well. Obviously, I love the Rascals. For me, one of the most underappreciated tag teams going. And you know what? I uh, This was probably... My second favourite match of the night, actually. Just the high-pace affair, the quality of it. It was excellent. Really enjoyed it. Um, anything else to add, mate? Because I know there's a lot to cover in that match because you've got so many different moving parts. Yeah, I don't think we need to break it down uh, move by move. That would just be insane. But uh, I just want to... I really liked Rahit Ranju and Desi Hit Squad. I, did, I liked that tag team. Like, they came to Destiny shows a lot. I'm not sure... What, I don't remember the other guy's name, but it's nice to see Ranju as a champion actually... You know, getting the getting a shot to take the ball and run with it, and like I said, he just beat five incredible competitors, and there's at least 
two former X Division champions in there and Willie Mack and Chris Bay. So, yeah, I think that legitimizes the run on its own. It does, yeah. The uh, Call Your Shot Gauntlet, uh, which is basically their version, they call Royal Rumbles Gauntlets, don't they? Which is um, probably one of my few critiques of said company. I, I don't know, it just irks me. I'm a bit of a traditionalist. The Call Your Shot Gauntlet. Now, uh, the big stipulation for this, of course, now, other than the fact that if you win, you get to call a total shot of your choosing. Um, is that obviously if Rhino or Heath Slater did not win, uh, then, well, if, yeah, basically, yeah, if either of those didn't win, then Heath would not get his contract and Rhino would be fired, which, you know, um, with all due respect, would have been far less impactful than the first one. <laughs> um, that being said, Rhino won. Uh, I didn't think much of this match, to be honest. It had a few reasonably entertaining spots. There was a lot of good talent in it. Uh, I didn't really enjoy like. Oh, do you know what? This company prides itself on intergender wrestling. It had a women's world champion first to do so. So to kind of go on the flip side of things, to go against that and to pretty much, you know, I mean, Ty Valkyrie looked okay at times. I think uh, Havoc, obviously, just because of her sheer size, looked all right. But overall, the women weren't really allowed to contribute as much as I would have liked in this match. You know, Tineo Dashwood comes out and she's like, oh, no, I'm too fancy. Oh, no, please not. And it's like, I like her having that gimmick because she's beautiful and she can get away with it, but she's also a very credible wrestler, and I don't see why they need to get away from that. Um, James Storm making his return was pretty awesome. According to him and a lot of sources, he was actually prepared to sign again with WWE until COVID-19 struck, so kind of nice that he's got you know, something to do. I don't know how long-term that is, or maybe if he's just made a, a casual appearance, but it's always nice to see him. But I've got to be honest, this was definitely one of the weaker matches. It was very botchy. There was a lot of stuff going on. And although it was reasonably fun, it, it did nothing for me. And as much as I like Rhino, and I love Heath Slater in particular, I think he, he looks the business. He looked like he injured himself as soon as he got in the ring as well, Heath Slater. I noticed this, favouring his leg quite a lot. He kind of came in and... I don't know if he was just too excited to pull someone, but I noticed he was really struggling to move after that, putting weight on his leg. Um, you know, Rhino winning does nothing for me. Like, what's he going to do? Challenge for the Impact World Championship? No thanks. <laughs> no. no. I, I don't want to see Rhino as a world champ again. That would just be... No, 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 thanks. But, you know, with, with Rhino winning, Heath does get the contract. Yeah, and I'm, that that's... This match was definitely the easiest to predict. You knew either Rhino or Heath was winning. They would have been running this forever if Heath wasn't going to sign. So he's in. They're probably going to challenge for the tag titles. I mean, does the concept of those two against the current champs that we'll talk about in a second intrigue me? Honestly, not really. Promo, maybe, but I'm not interested in the match itself. No, like, it's going to happen, but... Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not that into it. Um, and about the injury, I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure I saw, saw online that uh, Heath did hurt himself at some point. That's why Rhino won instead of him. Like, oh, really? I think he was gonna get. He yeah, he was gonna get the win either way, or the contract. Sorry, either way. But I guess yeah, because he pulled something. Hopefully, it's not too much. I want to see Heath on TV. He's got kids. You can never forget that. So yeah, the like this match, it was. It was there. It did what it needed to do, but it wasn't really anything special. Yeah, Sammy Callahan's only real contributions to this match, other than taking the final loss, was when he shouted, I don't give a shit about your kids, but 
unfortunately for you, mate, Brock Lesnar beat you to it and did it in far better fashion. <laughs> so yeah, and about um, three years ago. <laughs> yeah, like I actually think Heath Slater in this company could be a world champion, which is why I actually wanted him to win because I looked at them all and I thought, well, if you're not going to have, because he's got a, you know, it's either going to be him or Rhino. It does nothing for Rhino to win, but I understand an audible. But like I say, it was very evident. Like you could tell, you know, somebody who's picked up a lot of injuries herself, training and things like that, and working and not just in wrestling, just in general, like. You could tell immediately he was really struggling on his leg whenever they were giving him an Irish whip or anything like that. He was really favouring it quite badly. So, you know, there was definitely a bit of an order. Luckily, he's a, you know, a consummate professional and years working on the biggest stage, really. And working, you know, WrestleManias and things like that would have no doubt lent itself to that. But, yeah, um, the one thing I will say, actually, is I haven't seen much of it. I thought Reno Scum looked very impressive. Um, I quite like the look of those two. Um, particularly the really big guy with the crazy beard and hair. I don't know what's going on with his hair and shit, but I actually quite like them. They look very smooth. They look very powerful. And they had a big presence as well. So it'd be nice to see them uh, pushed a little bit more in the tag team division going forward. Because do you know what? Like Their tag team division coming into Sam Aversary was very iffy, wasn't it? And now all of a sudden, looks quite strong. You know, you had the four teams that obviously participated for the tag titles. You got Reno Scum, you got the Rascals, you got the Dinas. And although they may not have the um, the gravitas of AEW's tag team division, it's booked a damn sight better and it's far more competitive and far more exciting than, frankly, any other tag team division at the moment. So, you know what? Quite impressed, actually. Um, I'm really enjoying Impact as a whole when it comes to their tag team. It feels like every division matters and each of them gets an equal filling and a fair amount of respect, and I appreciate that. Um, cinematic time. Moose versus EC3. <laughs> yes. Now, I've, I've watched this. I devoured this. Uh, what did you think about this? Because the, the premise wasn't, you know, because the belt is kind of defunct, so they don't say it's for the belt. But the <laughs> whole thing was around the old you know, Impact slash TNA World Championship belt, which is quite a nice belt in its own right as well. Always got time for a white leather strap. And, um, yeah, like, the whole story was EC3 almost trying to drag this evil out of Moose, make him feel like more of a credible star. So even though he came across as a heel for a large proportion of this rivalry, because Moose was a heel before, and now yeah. it's almost kind of like a double turn in a premise of sorts. But it'll be interesting what the fallout is. But one thing I love about Impact, they don't get enough credit for this, they shoot their cinematic stuff so beautifully. It looks so good. It looks like they've got a genuine, you know, high-level production team behind them. And, you know, everyone's losing their shit over WWE cinematic matches they've done, particularly Undertaker and AJ Styles. But let's not forget, it's Impact that brought that to the party with the Hardy Boys and the Broken stuff. They're the ones who did it first. They're the ones who introduced the concept of cinematics almost entirely to wrestling <clears throat> and kind of finessed it and finalised it the way they did. And this is just another one of those matches. This was... I love this, actually. I thought it was really good, very physical. It was great to see Moose with some psychological chops, you know? Like, I mean, as in, like, the way he was talking, the way he was presenting himself. And EC3 is in wild condition. <laughs> he looks... Oh, no. He's always been a beast. But, like, like, just seeing him do... Yeah, seeing him do all those workout videos, like, before he 
quote unquote debuted at the end of uh Slammiversary, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. The man's just he's built out of granite. Michelangelo chiseled that shit out of stone. And you're right, like the cinematic matches, yeah, with all the broken stuff. I know Jeremy Borash had a really big hand in that stuff. I know. I'm pretty sure he's with WWE now. I think yes, he's he yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He works as an so, agent for them actually, a booking agent, yeah. Which is pretty solid because I think he mm. like his even his ring announcing wasn't awful. Like it was it was pretty good. He was but, in the AJ Styles uh, documentary, you know, they chronicled the twenty four seventy three and a half. Yeah, he was in there. That's yeah, so I mean I'm assuming, you know, he might have been like the lead producer on it, but that doesn't mean everyone who did it left. So having, you know, that even that small group of guys and girls that have the knowledge to put something like this together, I mean, it's just it was really, really cool. The whole EC3 thing of like, you know, control your narrative, free EC3, like just trying to like rid himself <laughs> of his past, which I mean, to me, it's weird because his past in TNA is where he had the most success out of his career thus far. He's referring to his small run in WWE and how they I just was, yeah. didn't allow him to control his own creative and narratives. Because I'll tell you what, probably when it comes down to it, one of the biggest balls dropped in the history of WWE's creative, particularly in the NXT brand. Well, yeah, I mean, that when they brought him up, like, instead of letting the man do what he does best and talk, they shut him up. They fucking sewed his mouth shut. I'm like, you took away this incredible, incredible man's biggest tool, his charisma, his ability to speak. Like he's not, you know, he's not a mat technician. He can work reasonably well, but definitely his biggest strength is just his presence, his physique, his voice. And they took that away. So he's like, nah, fuck this shit. I'm out. I'm going home and I'm going to chase the guy who quote unquote has, you know, his, his title, like his biggest success. And now with this weird turn thing, it's really hard to describe, honestly, but I'd be excited to see Moose actually go for the impact heavyweight championship. Now I think the matches he could have with the current champion will be, or could be, sorry, very, very hard hitting. I think he could just dominate them, beat the shit out of them. And they'd both look like stars. Yeah, Moose is, I mean, probably from an athletic standpoint, the biggest man they have. He's a monster, a giant. I think Madman Fulton might be slightly taller than him. I don't know. Um, but it, Even Doc Gallows might be the same yeah, height. Or like, pretty, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true, actually. I just thought of the good brothers as I said that. So a bit of an asinine statement. But the um, it's not heaving with huge guys. So the fact that you've got someone as big as... Moose and somebody who is as credible as him as an athlete is very cool to see. I think EC3 writes his own path. You don't have to be into a face or heel dynamic with him. That's the great thing about him. He's just so freaking entertaining. And when Eli Drake moved on and went to NWA, it left a massive hole when it came to a top level mic worker, a presenter of sorts, you know, their version of The Rock. And EC3 coming back into the fold fills that gap nicely. The cinematic was great. I think particularly right now with the situation in the world, cinematics are, I think, should be lent on more, much more. And I actually think, after watching this, I remember saying to myself, because, you know, I'm a bit mental and I talk to myself while I'm watching wrestling, because um, it's the best conversation I'll have. Um I'm oh, sorry, but <laughs> yeah, but you're not, you're not here all the time. You can't save me. Um, but for me, I remember saying to myself afterwards, I feel like this is the future of wrestling. I feel like wrestling needs to explore this avenue more. I would love to, and Lucha Underground really explored this as well, and don't get doesn't get enough love for it. I would actually like to see a show 
where it's almost as much cinematic as it is in ring. I'd like to see as much fighting, as much wrestling, as much uh, interaction in well-thought-out cinematic movie-like matches slash presentations as I do in the ring. Because I think, you know, wrestling needs to evolve. Do I like some old-school stuff? Yeah, there's no reason why you can't implement that, though, in this, though. You know, it's physical, gritty, a little bit dark in places. And for me, um, the quality was there. The quality of the entertainment was there. And, you know, what I think, as much as I love in-ring athletic wrestling and Impact do some of the best, I also believe that it's getting a little bit, like, there's so much there now, you know, with AEW, with WWE, with Impact, Ring of Honor, the plethora of indies that are available. It would be nice, actually, to have somewhere where you can watch something that's a little bit different, a little bit more cinematic. So I'd like to see more of that. I'd love to see the idea of a full show where pretty much the predominant nature of the wrestling is all cinematic. I'd love to see how that goes because I think there's potential there. And now is a really good time to explore that fact as well. But yeah, great match. Uh, Wow, we're spoiled for cinematics this year. And that was up there as far as I was concerned. Um, Did you watch the next match? Uh, it depends on what it was. Ken Shamrock <laughs> versus Eddie Edwards. Oh. No, I don't think I did because the only thing I really remember about that is everyone was just freaking out that The Rock was on Impact just to kind of induct Shamrock into the Impact Hall of Fame. I don't know if that was on uh, Bound for Glory specifically, but that is like a thing that happened. I don't know if he actually inducted him or he just retweeted it or maybe he dropped a video in. I, I have no, I haven't seen it personally, so I can't comment on it. Um, one, one thing I do know is during the match, Josh Matthews was very keen to point out about that. The Rock retweeted Impact Wrestling. Like, that's where we've got now. <laughs> like, a retweet from The Rock is, you know, worth more in weight than any possible quality of match. Uh, I didn't like this match. Um, not because both guys aren't like, I love Ken Shamrock. I think he's a legend. I think he belongs in a Hall of Fame. I think he belongs in WWE's Hall of Fame, actually. He's grossly underappreciated. Um, something that was very special about Ken Shamrock was he was really the first MMA guy to cross over. He was just legitimate. At least in a professional standpoint. I know a lot of people say, you know, if you go back to the old days with uh, Hackenschmidt and Luthers and things like that. Those guys were MMA practitioners of sorts because they did a lot of shoot fighting, catch wrestling and stuff like that. But, you know, Ken Shamrock was the first truly professional MMA fighter to make that crossover. And he opened the door not only for great guys like Brock Lesnar, he also opened the door for legitimate athletes as well in a lot of ways. Like, uh, you know, we had footballers before that, but that was about it. Um, you know, he opened the door for guys like Kurt Angle, for instance. He felt like kind of like the early Kurt Angle, like a kind of, you know, an aggressive MMA tactician. So, you know, he's um he's wildly underappreciated, but I don't think I'm going to remember with great fondness him tapping out Eddie Edwards after Sammy Callahan got involved. And, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's nice that he got to wrestle. I actually think it would have been better suited to just stick both of these guys in the Call Your Shot uh, Royal Rumble and make the pay-per-view slightly shorter because... Oh, that's uh, nice. I don't care, personally. You know, I'm, I also feel like Eddie Edwards... I really like Eddie Edwards, great worker, but I don't like this manifestation into the new Tommy Dreamer of sorts. He's gone from being part of the Wolves, who were fucking fantastic. Him and Davey Richards were so fucking good as tag team champions, tag team wrestlers. You know, he had the kind of breakout moment, I think, beating Moose, uh, not Moose, uh, Bobby Lashley, I think he beat, actually, for the, his first ever team. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, Impact Wrestling Championship. And ever since, he's kind of gone into this more degrading, evil role, thanks to the Sammy Callahan incident, which, to be fair, at the start was fantastic. <clears throat> but I still want to see Eddie Edwards, the wrestler. And more and more, I'm getting Eddie Edwards, the fighter, the street fighter, the guy who wields the cane. And I don't think it's needed. And I don't think it's the most entertaining gimmick in the world. And I think that the strengths that Eddie Edwards has aren't being shown off. They're not being displayed. And I know, obviously, his, uh, I think it's his wife, isn't it, Alicia? She's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she was in the Royal Rumble. Beautiful woman, really great technician. I actually quite like Alicia. I think she's really underappreciated. Um, but, you know, they had the kind of gimmick with that. There was the hospital stuff going on, and it was all getting a bit dark and a bit... You know, and some of it hit, some of it didn't. The same with Killer Cross as well. When he was in the company, I think he waterboarded Eddie Edwards. Jesus. Which is probably what Vince saw. He's like, oh, I've got to convince some of that. He probably just wet himself with all that. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, do you know what? Eddie Edwards hasn't struck with me for a while. And I know he was the champion before uh, Eric Young uh, won it. And I think he won it at Slammiversary, didn't he, Eddie? And it was just like... Oh, yeah, uh, the five-way. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's fine, but he felt very transitional as well, actually, which was a bit oh, disappointing. Yeah. So, you know, I thought this was, I definitely think out of all the matches, this was the weakest. It's not a slight on the guys, it's just I've got no interest in seeing it personally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ken Shamrock is a trendsetter, he's a legend, but like, he just, he can't move the way he used to. I mean, that, that's just what age does. It catches up with you. You slow down. It's like he's still got the intensity. He's still got the build for the most part. Like you can – he still has the crazy eyes. Like he can put on those terrifying eyes like he did in like 98 when he, you know, tapped out the rock and then they reversed the decision because he wouldn't let go. Like you can still see that in his eyes. It's just, you know, it's 2020 now and he is uh, not, not, uh, not as good as he used to be. So, it, like, it's still cool. I like Eddie Edwards, too, but this match was just kind of... It's another one that was just kind of there. Sure, the Battle Royale or Royal Rumble, whatever the fuck it's called, it had more gravitas to it. It had more stakes. But the, both those matches were just kind of... I feel like they were almost just filler. This one specifically, like, it just didn't, didn't click for me. It was just... It wasn't that fun. No. No, it wasn't. Um, something that should have been fun, and probably was, to be fair, uh, was the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championship match. Um, the classics, the Motor City Machine Guns, defended in a fatal four-way match. Uh, not elimination, one pinfall to a finish against the former champions of the North, uh, Madman Fulton and Ace Austin, and of course the Good Brothers, uh, Gallows and Anderson who were hailing from Tokyo, Japan now, which I think is really cool. Uh, I like their T-shirts, by the way, the whiskey, Good Brothers whiskey stuff. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah, if anyone wants to know, my birthday's coming up, so if anyone wants to buy me one of those, feel free. I'm uh, just saying. Uh, but yeah, and also the hat as well. Everything's just sick. They're Good Brothers. They, they know their merch. Now, obviously, Alex Shelley uh, must have had some injury concerns, judging from what I've seen on social media, something to do with the C6 nerve conditions. There were a load of red flags, oh, oh, yeah. uh, numbness in his fingers, which is why they opted... Um, which is actually what makes it even more hysterical that they eliminated him in the way they did. They're not just beating him down outside or something and like just made it look like you couldn't participate. They gave him a power driver on the ramp before the match even started. Um, 
and obviously Chris Sabin win it alone. Uh, this was a fantastic match, but I think definitely not having Shelley in there hampered it slightly, and it took away a lot of the mystique and the magic of what the Motor City Machine Guns are. And I'm not feeling Madman Fulton or Mad Max Fulton, whatever his name is, and Ace Austin as a tag team. I, I just think, whatever, it's, it's the X Division guy and he's heavy. And it almost felt like, well, we haven't really got much else for you guys to do. You've been going at it with a good brother. So, you know, get in there. <laughs> we'll just kind of force you in there. Ace Austin is magnificent. I think Fulton's got a lot of credibility as a big guy. But, you know, I suppose Gallo's coming in kind of hampers that a little bit because all of a sudden he's not as monstrous as he should be and, you know, as effective as he should be. Um, so you'd think that they build more towards just Gallows versus Fulton, maybe. But still a great match. I think the North were fantastic in this match. And... You know, them recapturing the belts, I think, is the right decision. I think they're the best tag team in Impact. Yeah, I think they could be argued to be the best tag team in the world. I think Josh Alexander is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And also, sneaky little submission from me. Uh, first of all, their promo before this, I don't know if you saw it, where Ethan Page was going a little bit slightly spare. Um, <laughs> uh He's fucking fantastic, Ethan Page. So entertaining, so funny, but also so credible. He's really big, massive guy. Like, he's not a small man. Like, oh, you, know, like you should see, like, uh, his body transformation. Because I remember, like, because um, I hadn't met him yet. Like, I'd seen him at shows and stuff. But, like, the first time I met him, ridiculously nice guy. Like, both him and Josh Alexander, I just got to say on a personal level, are so cool like i i know you've done this i got to hold the impact tag team championship yeah i got to no, hold one over my shoulder yeah it's there it's so cool which one did you hold do you know uh it was josh alexander's yeah i got to hold uh bobby roots cool. yeah see uh, yeah. a fucking hometown boy let's go yeah, yeah but like these guys are just so funny so good ethan page's body transformation like if you looked at like some of his instagram posts and stuff like last year this mm. guy has been just bulking up he is fucking massive now he's a body guy that's his thing yeah, now yeah he's always a thin guy when i first saw him so yeah but he's huge now yeah and now like the, the fact that they're the champs again i'm obviously really excited about i don't i don't like the fact that motor city machine guns were almost just like i i think they just did it for the nostalgic pop and then they're like okay yeah, well transitional yeah then we'll just give it back um but it's i just i want to look at this Look at this match as a whole. These four teams, this Fatal Four Way tag match was infinitely better than the one we got on Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean... an Impact is such a small. It's got such a small audience. Like, I know. I'm pretty sure it's like region blocked over there for you guys on Twitch for some reason. Yeah, we can't watch is, it on Twitch, which is which is weird. I know they've picked up. I think they're appearing on Premier Sports or something now, which is very difficult channel to actually access unless you have like the big cable packages um yeah it's even then like it's even though it is still accessible on tv over here it's still very hard to get at and you know like as much as i'm not a huge fan of AEW charging people to watch their weekly show and stuff like that is easily accessible i know i think you can watch impact via the fight tv app but again you have to pay for it and as much as i like impact and I think they do deserve at times money. One of my big things, which I want to mention at the end of the show, is the fact that I feel like they are pricing themselves out of the market a little bit when you look at their competitors. And it's something I think they should address. But I um, 
I really like this match, but like you say, it just felt like everything was a setup for the North to retain. The quality of the match itself was never in doubt. Going back to that promo beforehand, Josh Alexander, I rarely get to see him without the hat, the helmet on, the headgear. Oh, like oh, the headgear, yeah. He's really fucking good looking. <laughs> so you stood there in his t-shirt, right, and his jeans, and I was just like, that guy's well fit. <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, that's one handsome motherfucker right there. Like, and it's so weird seeing him in like normal gear. I was just like, I'm so used to this. I've never seen him without his headgear on. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of Josh Alexander. I think he could be their champion, their heavyweight champion. I think that, oh, I think almost in a way, it's a shame that they're so fucking good as a tag team that it kind of stops, because either one of those guys could be the heavyweight champion easily, easily. I think if you look at just pound for pound, the amount of quality and talent, I think these two are the most talented wrestlers this company has. I think they carry a large proportion of this company. I think their tag team division has always been respectable because of them. And now, They've got plenty of opponents, which is nice. I think their promo ability is great. It's nice to see that Josh Alexander's kind of been stepping up his promo game a little bit as well. I know he's had a lot more uh, interaction from the talking side of things. It always used to be that he was kind of like the quiet gentleman berserker. And, you know, there's even Paige kind of just running his mouth. <laughs> like the end, yeah, the end of their entrance when fucking Ethan Page just sits on the apron and just looks at the hurricane and just waves like a little shit eating heel. It's, yeah, I love those two. I love him. They're so entertaining. It's so much fun. And like, I, I still got to give props. I like Ace Austin. I, I think he's really entertaining. You know, um, uh, you know our friend Trish made a, a, a lovely design for Ace Austin. Did you see it on Twitter? Oh, shit. No, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's apparently going to be available as a t-shirt soon. So if you are watching oh, Ace Austin, yeah, which I'm really excited about. Really, really thrilled for Trish, Trish as well, because she's an amazing artist. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, no, I just I just thought that was worth dropping in. So if you see it soon, it was this beautiful uh, comic animation of a card, you know, like the upside down kind of card thing yeah. that you get with both sides and she made that. So, yeah, check it out, guys. If you see it on uh, Twitter, we'll retweet it again so people can see it and share it because it's a piece of art that's worthy of that. No, that's awesome. But, like, I, I the Good Brothers not winning, I don't think damages them. I mean, they're, they're definitely the – biggest names i think in the company right now yeah, just definitely. like you know they were definitely the two biggest releases from wwe back in april i think we all know how that went over with aj and fucking how much he hates paul Heyman now it's hurt pretty- aj styles a lot more by the look of it i feel yeah, like well, actually hurting. Yeah. i mean he's got a hell of a heavy now so yeah i know right that case is like both of them combined <laughs> yeah monstrous yeah so i i don't think these guys are yeah it doesn't damage them in any way they still they're two incredible guys it's so cool to see machine gun carl back it's cool to see doc gallows back i think they i don't think they need to win i think they're there to help bolster the company and they're not they're not there because they want to you know fucking make it all about themselves they're there because they i think they believe in this company and they can bring it up to you know a legitimate competitor to both wwe and aew and i really respect that yeah, I think Gallows and Anderson are there for the entertainment value more so to, you know, boost it, bolster that. And obviously doing their their kind of like terrible or faux terrible shows as well, which is so much fun. The talking shop and mania stuff is just mm-hmm. I love it. Like yeah, I love it. These they they straddle that line so well. 
of stupidity and entertainment in wrestling. They do it so well. So entertaining. I tried desperately in vain to get him on the podcast on WWE. They're like, nah, we don't need that shit. <laughs> I don't blame them either. Like, you know, they um they've got their own podcast. They don't need to come on with us. And talking shop is one of my favorite like experiences in wrestling, listening to them, especially when they were doing the stuff with Jericho when they're in WWE. They are an endless goldmine of entertainment. But I think the North winning the tag titles is the right decision. I'm pleased for that. I think that's uh <clears throat> I think that's always gonna be a good thing. I think that the Mercy Machine Guns, as fun as they are, like Alex Shelley to obviously heal up, get better. Uh, don't fuck around with your neck, mate, and your nerves. You know, it's not worth your career. At this point, you've had an amazing career anyway. We've got, you know, we've seen everything from the time splitters to the Mercy Machine Guns. Um, you know, there's not much left to do if you're Alex Shelley. So heal up, mate, and hopefully we might get a bit more of it down the line. But I think uh, there's plenty of tag teams now that can step into the fold. And I think it was nice for a little nostalgia run, but it's also nice to know that the prominent tag team has belts again. So important to me. Uh, the Knockouts Championship. The women's title of sorts. Uh, Deonna Perezzo defends against... Not Kylie Ray, um, which is a bit disappointing. We're all heartbreaker, absolute heartbreaker. It is a bit of a heartbreaker. Now, I assumed it was injury related. I've pulled up this article from What Culture, so credit to them. Uh, it says that um, uh, several wrestlers who drove to the pay per view with Kylie on Friday confirmed to Fightful that she was in Nashville for the show. Ray was asking about call times for Saturday as well, but failed to appear when required. Uh, per the report, concern for Ray grew with, uh, throughout Saturday with Impact making the young decision that afternoon. Wrestlers who attempted to contact people close to Ray were informed she is alive and well with no further information going public. So that's that's very, disturbing. very disturbing, to be honest. I don't want to I don't want to shoot and, you know, talk about whatever maybe she's got mental health issues i don't know all i can say is i hope that she's healthy and happy and people have said she's alive and well that's good enough for me i guess maybe there's private matter that we're not aware of um but unfortunately for whatever reason uh kylie ray wasn't able to perform which is why they opted for sue young to step into the fold so i guess we'll cover that um and hope that Kylie Ray obviously gets well because she's one of the loveliest and most awesome human beings. I know she's recently got engaged as well, so it seems like life was definitely on the up first. So I hope that's still the case. Um, Sue Young steps into the fold. Uh, yeah, not, not Susie, it's like full Sue Young, like full like undead. Is this the like, first time she's been undead for a while then? Because the commentators yeah. made this quite a big deal about it. So Yeah, because like she was it. just going around as Susie. Like her and yeah. Kylie were just like the best friends. I think was I think Susie. That's why she was chosen, wasn't it? I don't remember if Susie was in Wrestle House at all. I should because those segments were incredible. But yeah, I think yeah, I think she was chosen because Kylie couldn't make it. Mm. And now she's just back as one of the best female characters I've ever ever seen like she like both her and rosemary like mm. live those gimmicks it's incredible so Brown. yeah i mean yeah ali died remember and then yeah. I don't know, her ghost showed up at aw i don't know like ghosts obviously go into the undead realm to rescue to ali. save her yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, it's stupid but i don't mind because They've set that out from the get-go. This is something else entirely over here, you know? This isn't fucking 
you know, it's serious to the kayfabe, but overall, when and people shitting on it and saying, yeah, well, when WWE and AEW do it, you know, and you shit on it, it's like it's very different because they don't present it as the same format. Um, for me, uh, this this match was actually really good. Deonna Perazzo is a fantastic worker. We both, I think, have predicted Deonna. Well, I think I actually still picked Carly Ray. It doesn't matter anyway. Predictions are out of window because Carly's not involved. But I know you thought Deonna Perazzo might retain. It is a bit of a surprise for Sue Young to pick up the belt. I do like the idea of Deonna Perazzo, though, having to go back into the undead realm of sorts to regain his <laughs> at some point. I think that's exciting. And also credit to Deonna because her character has been one of complete indignancy towards all women. The idea is I'm above all of you because I'm simply better than you and I shouldn't have to prove that against all these scrubs. Sue Young comes out. She, the fear and the selling of the fear was fantastic. Uh, Kimberly in her corner... It is what it is. Not really that bothered about it. I like Kimberly. She's really lovely. Awesome human being. Uh, good wrestler as well, but not a fit for me. Um, I actually prefer Kimberly as a face, to be honest. Um, this is one thing I have to say as well. Impact is so good at actually giving us women who can play face. It's the only place where there are really good face women. Like, I know people say, like, oh, what about Sasha Banks? But, you know, someone like Sasha Banks for me isn't a face as much as she's just a badass, you know? Someone who genuinely is likable and lovable. They've got loads of women who can do that and do it well. And I really respect that because that's a hard thing to do. We've seen in men's wrestling in particular, there aren't many decent faces at all. There isn't really a sting in the modern era. You know, there isn't that kind of plucky baby face that everyone loves and doesn't just boo ironically because they like heels, you know? Um, and Impact's able to do that. I thought this match was good. Hard-hitting, impactful. It had a good uh, length to it as well. They didn't just opt out or, you know, cheapen themselves. They still gave us the high-quality title match you would expect. Um, Sue Young's actually a really good worker despite the fact her gimmick is kind of one of a slow, ambling zombie, um, she still works quite well, very physical. That glove is disgusting, uh, which I like. Uh, Don Callis selling it. Madison Rain was on comms for this. She did a great job as well. And also her indignancy towards Josh Matthews, you know, despite the fact I think they're married in real life. Uh, yeah, uh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> which probably makes it much easier because who doesn't hate their partner from time to time? That's just part of being in love. So, you know... Um, I enjoyed it. I really liked the fact that she was like, hey, Dom, what's going on? Josh is like, hey, I'm here too. Shut up, Josh. <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> um, I actually really liked the three of them. I thought the dynamic was a little bit better than that. Uh, uh, I think Callis is amazing. An amazing kind of commentator. And I'll tell you what I love about Callis is, if at any point it seems like the greatest commentators of all time, particularly color commentators, and we saw this with Paul Heyman in 2001 for WWF during the Attitude, um, during the Alliance angle, um, if there's ever a struggle in ring, the commentator should have the ability to be able to sell why it's a struggle or cover up issues. And Callis is amazing at that. You know, there was a point where Luke Gallows pretty much missed his super kick uh, on Fulton or Ace Austin or somebody went for this kick. And um, Josh Matthews kind of went, oh, that was just a glancing blow. And Callis was like, yeah, but when you're his size, you only need a glancing blow to put a man down. Stuff like that makes such a difference. He's such a professional. He really is the new professor of wrestling. He's fantastic. He is an absolute asset to anybody. And frankly, the fact that he's not on every single comms from here to fucking Taiwan is crazy. Like I would, If I had a wrestling company, even if it was just a small fledgling one, if I had the money, he'd be my color commentator. Period. He's got so many years of experience. I'm pretty sure he's on like he's part of the creative team for Impact. Like he's got a really big administrative role. Both him and Scott Demore 
Like they are pretty much, I think they're like kind of top tier other than Anthem, of course, you know, the parent company. But I think these two are like kind of the go-to between Anthem and Scott Talent. basically being your surrogate dad, right? As he is like the leader of Team Canada. Yeah, I mean, he was the one that uh, walked out at a Destiny show after uh, Josh Alexander's bachelor fucking gave him the contract right then and there. Sick. It, yeah, I like might that. still have the video for it. If I do, I'll send it to you and we can maybe show it. But like, it's yeah, just yeah, it's like, oh yeah, like fucking, you could see the emotion in Josh's face just, you know, finally. Because I don't think he ever wants to go to WWE the way he sounded before. <laughs> I don't want to put those words in his mouth. That's just it how it seems to me. But, you know, getting back to the match on hand, you know, Sue Young winning is definitely not what I expected because mm-hmm. I didn't expect her in the match at all. But, you know, it's still, I, th- I think it's still a good call. She's such a fascinating woman, such an interesting character. She can make that championship. I mean, the Nakash title has, I think, always been in good hands, especially recently. You know, like Taya Valkyrie had an incredible run, and then she was finally dethroned by Jordan Grace, who had another incredible run. And then when Deanna came in and just like tapped her out in their first match, I thought that was really, really cool. So we've got a lot of prestige and power behind this title right now. And I think Suyong is the perfect one to shamble along with it because that's what zombies do. Yeah. Yeah. Clomping. I don't know. I suppose clomping is restricted to heavier individuals. Um, Definitely ambling along in some way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, I don't want to get in the way of that. I'd like to see a, a return of the coffin as well. It'd be really funny, actually, if on this week's impact, she just turns up as Susie and she's like, I found this belt. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I think it'd be quite funny. Um, but it's good. And she's credible enough to be a champion in her own right, which is nice. You know, they, they could have, um, they could have made a mistake here. And ultimately they're since Demore and Callis have took over. Their booking has been lights out and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And if they were on a, a much, you know, I know they're on Access TV and people turn their nose up at Impact. Being on TV of any kind is still a fucking achievement. It is not easy to be on any kind of TV channel or on pay-per-view or anything like that. It takes a lot of effort to do that. And do you know what? I, I'm really enjoying this product. And every single time I watch these, I think I hate myself for not watching the weekly product more and putting more effort in and covering it more for the podcast. So I... Absolutely, I have my word right here, my promise to anyone who's an Impact fan who might be watching this, we will endeavour to cover it more regularly and talk about it on the weekly show because it deserves it, it really does. Uh, the main event was one that a lot of people turn their nose up to as well. Eric Young, the world-class maniac. Uh, Ethan Page being, of course, the world-class egomaniac. The way did there. I'm going to take that T-shirt and send it to him. I demand royalties. Um yeah, Ethan, Ethan Page, not Ethan Page defending his world championship, although it should be the case at some point. Uh, Eric Young defending against Rich Swan. The story for this, I think if you've been paying attention enough, uh, is main event worthy. And they've done a good job of selling this. The injury, uh, Rich Swan, you know, has had so many difficult times in his life, of course, with... You know, the domestic abuse situation involving him and his partner, Sue, they're obviously very happy now, which I'm really pleased for, so I'm not going to drag that into it and stuff like that. You know, he's, but he's had a lot of things going on, and obviously he had a very um, tumultuous uh, time, a very difficult time as a young man as well, losing his parents at such a young age. Not easy. Not easy at all. And uh, I like this. I like the emotion. I like the work. And, oh, it's lovely to watch some matches recently. Um, and we'll talk about this on the Hell in a Cell coverage as well. 
the quality of this match was in the fact that they allowed it to breathe. There was really good pacing here. Everything took its time. It wasn't just 100 miles an hour. I love the fact Eric Young from the get-go was like, I'm going to be a shithouse. This is on you, Scott Demore. You're the one who came out and caught me a piece of shit and made this match. I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to punish you for this. I'm going to take out your blue-eyed golden boy. I'm going to break his leg again. I'm going to go for his joints. I'm going to try and break his freaking neck, which is what he tried to do. I like the storyline behind it. And Rich Swan was magnificent coming from underneath as that plucky baby face, the, you know, that never say die attitude. I love this match. The storytelling aspect of their main events is some of the best in wrestling and it never gets the credit it deserves. Every single one of their main events tells a great story and it doesn't always have to have world-class high-end talent it doesn't have to have Kurt Angle out there you know to be incredible to be believable I think Eric Young particularly in this match proved why he deserved a lot more in WWE and never got the opportunity I think Rich Swan proved that he deserved a lot more as well as opposed to just being flippy black guy on 205 live like he can do all that shit really well but he deserves more than that and one thing that's great about Impact is they're willing to say, do you know what? Right, WWE fans piss me off. What's the first thing they always say? Oh, Cesaro deserves better. Nakamura deserves better. I want to see my favorite indie talents do so well. I want them to be a main event. As soon as they get out on Impact, who's watching Eric Young versus Rich Swan? Well, you should be because you're the people who want that. You're the ones who want other people to step into the fold and have the opportunity to be stars. Impact does that. People don't want to pay enough attention. That's a fucking shame because this was phenomenal. It was great. It was, for me, um, probably the best match of the night. I really think it was. And the main event should be the best match of the night. It was something that was very much tailored towards me, so it's not for everybody. But the storytelling, the hard-hitting nature of it, the violent nature of it, and the ultimate result with Rich Swan going over... I actually shed a tear seeing all those talents come in. And one of the most beautiful moments is actually where he's just looking at the belt and there's no one else there. And he just hugs the ref out of emotional, like, you know, sort of need. And I thought that was so cool. There's a man who's gone through everything to get to where he belongs, kayfabe and in real life. And to present that and for Eric Young to do such a masterful job in, you know, playing the dastardly evil for this was Perfect good versus evil fair. Perfect hero versus villain stuff. This is Joker versus Batman for a lot of people. You know, this is almost Superman versus Joker, actually, really, if you want to, you know, probably for a better analogy, just because of the sheer maniacal nature and how pure Rich Swan is on the flip side of things. I thought this was excellent. I thought this was really top quality, high quality stuff. And like I've said to you, if this was the match that had been happening, like, for instance, if Drew and Randy Orton had had this kind of match at the last pay-per-view or anyone in WWE or AEW had a match like this, <clears throat> Meltzer would be wanking himself silly, giving it seven stars. We'd all be fucking losing our shit. The internet would be melting down because it's on impact. A lot of people turn their nose up to it. Not here. I thought it was amazing. I would have given it damn near five stars. I thought it was an absolute masterpiece of storytelling. Uh, hang on, let me second. It would be Superman versus Lex Luthor because, you know, world class maniac intelligence. It's fine. We'll just we'll, 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 we'll let that slide because of how wonderful this match was. It's been building since Eric Young came back at Slammiversary and that five man when he went right for Rich Swan's leg, just like beating the shit out of him. Mm. And then, you know, I think it was the week after Rich Swan's like, yeah, I got to retire. And then uh, Young beat him up again. 
And then you even see Young attack him when he um, Swan's doing rehab. Like they have mm-hmm. one of their announcers there. He's like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, Rich is doing really good right now. And then you just see Eric Young just fucking out of nowhere, like slam his leg into the weight machines, like drop some fucking dumbbells and shit on him. The story alone, I think, is like five stars. It was just so incredible the way they did it. And like you said already, it makes you realize how valuable both men are and how much WWE wasted them, especially with Eric Young on the main roster because Sanity had an incredible run and then they just kind of and no, nothing happened. But now he he's back in Impact, I think, you know, his home because let's remember how popular he was back like 2012, I think 2012 to 2014 era. He had another he had a world championship run then and it was kind of like a Daniel Bryan-esque story and I know people were like, oh my god, Impact's just copying the story. I'm like, no, he's just a plucky underdog. Those are allowed well, to so exist they, everywhere. They were pre-recorded like months in advance at that point Yeah, as well. like just, <laughs> just fuck off. But now, like the the very end when all the when the talent came out and just like put them up on their shoulders, mm. like that that is very reminiscent of you know Sting at uh, Starcade '97. Yeah, like just this hero coming. Right, it, WrestleMania 10. Yeah, it's it's like a it's not Rod only exactly it's but it's not just the fact that you won the you won the belt. It's the fact that your peers came out to celebrate with you because they know how much you deserve it. I don't know a lot about Rich Swan's like personal life and story and stuff. It seems you have, and you've said enough for me to know that this means the world to him. Like he is, he's a world champion now. Like they can, you can never take that away from him. He has worked his ass off, come through all sort of adversity in his life. And now he can say he is a world heavyweight champion like that. There might be there's so many wrestling companies out there, but not that many people can say that I am a world champion. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure like Meltzer, someone said, "Oh, we don't recognize the Impact World Title as a world title." Well, I think that was off. earlier he's this been, year. He's, he's you start kicking out here, mate, and do your fucking job instead of whinging all the time. Like it's a world championship. People need to get over themselves. Yeah, it's if you start cake dinosaur and needs to fuck off. I understand what he's done, but we'll we'll talk about that another time, maybe. Fuck you, Day. <laughs> but the, the point is, he was just like the raw emotion he must have been dealing with, just you know himself, his peers. Like this man is a hero, and he's going to be carrying this company probably into the new year. We don't know what COVID's going to bring for the coming months. I assume nothing more probably worse because i'm a pessimist but the company is on his back now and i think he can shoulder the weight and i think he's going to shine and i'm really excited to start watching impact weekly like i can watch it every week i just you know shit always comes up or i forget or whatever but i'm gonna make the same promise i'm gonna do my damnedest to watch impact every week and yeah, if you guys want us to cover it, just let us know because I would love to talk about this product. I've been singing its praises for most of the year. So let's let's get on that. And I want people to enjoy this as much as we do and just drop the stigma of, you know, TNA in 2011, Bischoff Hogan. It's not that anymore. It is night and day difference. It's totally different. It's so much better. And you just need to give it a chance. 
Yeah, long gone are the days of Russo and his creative turmoil. And before we wrap it up, don't forget, if you've got any thoughts yourself and you want to chip in or get a shout, leave them in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. And obviously, contact us via social media at WrestlePlug if you want to have your say. Jay Miller had his say, um, but it must have taken him a long time to write out more than one paragraph. That's astonishing. Uh, BFG thoughts. Um, by the way, when I say paragraph, they're basically sentences. Uh, I figured out <laughs> the Rhino was, or Heath, Classic Miller language. For anyone who's been with a podcast a long time, Miller has the hold of the grammatical elephant. Uh, uh, I figured out the Rhino or Heath was winning the call your shot. Well done. <laughs> what do you want? That, 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 that's a good. That's a good. Uh, good thought, bro. I'm really. What's your opinion on your own thoughts? Like, no, no, what's going on here? <laughs> well, uh, we we love you, buddy. I know. Thanks for derailing the podcast already. Uh, I'm not happy that Roji retained i was hoping we were going to get jordan or trey but instead we get a cheap heel win not cool your opinion you're wrong but it's your opinion i mean sure seeing a rascal with a title would be great but i still think ranjit's doing great work yeah like you know and also with the championship being moved all over the place that's fine i get that kylie was supposed to win over diana but to have a returning sue young win it was fantastic i could see them going full fiend treatment with her and susie I mean, was Kylie going to win? He, he sounded so sure that Kylie Ray was going to win. I'm like, I, w- I would like that, but I mean, I don't think it was certain. <laughs> I mean, for me, I probably think she might have, judging from because if she wasn't, then doesn't really make sense for C Young to pick up the win. Um, I'm so glad, I'm so damn glad that the North have retained the tag titles. They haven't retained, they won them. <laughs> Oh, it's regain. You you somehow missed the G and hit the T. I mean, yeah. they're right next to each other on the keyboard, but come on, bro. Well, you would miss the G if you ain't a G. That's just the way it is. Uh, Word. <laughs> I was worried that they were going to have the Good Brothers win. Great choice. Why would that be a bad worried? thing? <laughs> I think the only team in that entire match winning would be questionable would be Fulton and Austin. Like I said, I like them, but I mean, it. yeah, that's the only team I would have been like, Eh, I don't know. Meh. <laughs> uh, what was the point of the Moose and EC3 match? They tried to go cinematic with the match, but it just, to me, had no point. Um, you want to shred him or should I? <laughs> I mean, d- d- did he watch this match with his eyes closed? Because there Apparently were a lot of visual, so. there were lots of visual cues and things you needed to see to understand what this match was for. And also, I'm pretty sure the point of it was, as EC3 made very clear during the match, control your own narrative. Now, is this what you want? He literally asked Moose to be something. Moose says, is this what you want? And he says, yes. And then he murders him for it. Like, I don't see what there is. I thought it was very straightforward. I think what made it so good was the fact that it had that point and it was nice and simplistic. But not everybody's got the mental strength to get over it. That's okay. Um, I was legitimately shocked that Rich Swan pulled off the win against Eric Young. Great match. And now we're going to get a Swan versus Rhino? Question mark? No, that's not going to happen. God, no. Please, no. I don't like, you know, that would be... Don't get me wrong, I don't dislike Rhino. I really like him. And I think he's had an amazing career. But I told him to be Does no one remember the fact that the call your shot was for any title? Rhino's entire story for the last two months, or maybe even three, has been getting his brother a job, getting Heath a job, 
He brought them in. There's no way they're not going for the tag team titles. Like there's just just no way they're going to lose because my boys, the North are going to keep it. But I mean, there's no way Rhino is going for the world championship. He's been a former TNA champion. I think he was also an NWA world heavyweight champion when they still had uh, rights for the NWA belts, but it's 2020 now. We no, don't please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Um, yeah, that wraps up Bound for Glory. Uh, thank you, Impact. Really enjoyable. Great watch. Uh, I only have two little nitpicks I'd like to close the show with. Um, well, not, I won't close the show with them, but I'll sort of just throw them in there, so to speak, because I don't want to be negative. £20 is too much for a pay-per-view on Fight TV for a company of this stature. I get that you've got to make your outlays and things like that, but asking people to pay, what is this? I think it's about 30 Canadian dollars. Um, don't know how much. Right closer to 40 because a Canadian dollar is garbage. The loony. Um, <laughs> you love it. it. You love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. Um, <laughs> although we're, we're, you know, sterling pounds, whatever. You know, it's all, it's all dumb at this point. <laughs> anyway, all currency will be defunct soon when the great machine takes over and ruins our lives. Control is the future. Anyway, um, <laughs> conspiracy theories aside. Uh, yeah, I just think that there are little things they could do to make it more accessible. For instance, the Twitch stream. Get, get rid of the region block. There must be some work around there. There must be somewhere doing it. You know, or even airing like a slightly modified version for UK fans on their Twitch. Like, whatever. Uh, and also charging people that much for pay-per-view. It's, it's, you know, with all due respect, like, as much as I don't champion WWE, but you can't say that WWE isn't the best value for money out there. It's £10 a month access to their entire back catalogue and pay-per-views now if impact plus did that fine as far as i know impact plus doesn't show the pay-per-views you still have to buy them separately make it all encompassing you've got an amazing back catalogue think of all the great stuff the x division alone samoa joe's samoa joe aj styles christopher daniels lax Team 3T, all the nonsense with Jeff Jarrett and Scott Hall, you know, all the appearance of Rashley and like all this stuff is fun and entertaining and crazy and even stupid and market it all. Put it all in one package and say, yeah, you can also watch pay-per-views for free on this if you pay, I don't know, $10 a month, even less than that, whatever. But, you know, if you want people to pay attention to your product, first of all, you know, you've got it on TV. That's great. Make sure it's accessible. Make sure anyone can find TV easily. Second of all, if it's going to be streamed online, which is an amazing thing on Twitch, it's got to be for the world, not just for America. Come on. You know, and some people have said to me, region block, VPN. I do have VPNs. I do have all kinds of region blockers. It doesn't work. They tweet, Twitch are a very good company and I've worked a way around that. So I just want to see a bit more accessibility. But if I have the opportunity, if I could dig it out, even if it means downloading it, you know, on some dodgy stream or watching on Daily Motion, whatever it takes, I will watch the product because it's a good product. Make it accessible, particularly for UK fans, because I'll tell you what, we are very loyal to a product. And at one point, TNA, I do believe, was getting bigger numbers here than it was in America because it was just so easily accessible. It used to be on Freeview TV over here, which everybody can have access to for literally next to nothing. So... Just a bit more accessibility and a little less coin. And I think this company can still go places. I'm positive about that. But all in all, fantastic. Great stuff. Great show. Definitely up there as one of the better pay-per-views I've seen this year. And that's no mean feat when it was up against Hell in the Cell the next day. We've got Halloween Havoc on Wednesday. You know, there's a lot of content to get into. And it stood 
its ground well and provided me with every bit of entertainment it could. And they didn't try and be clever and go four or five hours. It was three hours flat. It was perfect. Worked well for me. Good show. Great matches. Couple of duds in there that aren't my cup of tea, but all in all, Impact Wrestling always, always flattering to deceive at how good it actually can be. Yeah, it was just a really nice change of pace because, you know, we're just so used to like the pop and cir- pomp and circumstance, excuse me, of both AEW and WWE. And this is, I don't want to say like more grungy or more gritty, but it's kind of along those lines. It's just like, like you say, there's no fans, there's no wrestlers in the crowd. It's just the competitors in the ring, like three camera guys and the announced team. That's it. You can hear and see everything. And for, I, I like that because I remember not liking the fact that there were no crowds. I remember really disliking the silence. Yeah. But now with the Thunderdome piping in fucking booze and cheers and shit, that's so artificial, Kevin Dunn. You're a piece of shit. I hope you fucking <laughs> wouldn't we die. In, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, this <Christ>. is impact. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's such a nice change of pace. And putting on shows like this will – it's great, but like you say, it's – it doesn't matter if they're great if no one can see them. Mm. So I'm I'm gonna echo the sentiments. Make it like make it more available for the people that want to watch it. I, I yeah. guess that's kind of the only thing I could really leave it on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was fantastic. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, if you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a link below. Uh, a few people have said that they like the idea of zooms, but also that they need to be much shorter because the last one, uh, to be fair, the state wrestling dress was a big one. So I'll endeavour to try and splice some up and drop those just so you guys can check out some short videos and you can go from there. But um, yeah, like I say, leave a. A like, subscribe, comment, all that jazz. Not going to pest you for that, but obviously check it out. If you want to buy a t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com slash wrestleplug or wrestleplug.bigcartel.com. We're actually doing quite well with t-shirt sales. I want to say thank you to everyone who's chipped in. Um, it will certainly help in keeping the podcast going past 500. So if it continues the way it is, then there is a very good possibility that the podcast will continue. So obviously keep driving, keep sending the links out if you're a fan of the podcast. Even if you can't afford a t-shirt, just send the links to somebody, copy and paste them. I'd make the world a difference. You never know who might look at it and say, do you know what? I like that t-shirt. I'll buy one. All makes a big difference. It's all, you know, none of it gets in my pocket. It all goes put back into the podcast for more content. Simple as that, really. And the freshest and hopefully most honest content around. We may not be the biggest podcast, but we try to be the most honest. So thank you very much, Impact Wrestling. I enjoyed myself. Um, that'll be it from us. I've been Aaron Nix. He's been Carl Which one of them? Um, whichever. We'll have to try and edit it. He's been Kyle Wilkinson. Uh, <laughs> he's been Kyle Wilkinson. Um, whatever. Say goodbye, Kyle. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will endeavor to give you more impact coverage in the future because it is fucking good. Yes, we will. And until then, we'll catch you very soon for more content from the Russell Blood. <laughs>